name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you. Why do bad things happen to good people? This is your turn to give the sermon. <laughs> Nobody? Nobody wants to? Okay. That's the question underneath the text in our gospel. It's what we call a question of theodicy. Why does God let these things happen? And we've all been there. Maybe we were there this past week as we watched news from around the world when we heard of the violence and terror in New Zealand or even with the natural disaster of the cyclone in Mozambique and all those who have lost their lives. Sometimes it's moments like that that thrust us, thrust us into those questions and that wrangling with God. Why do these things happen? Why do you let these things happen? And that's exactly the group of people that are coming to Jesus to talk about the Galileans today in our gospel whom Pilate had uh, murdered, killed, they uh, wanted to know, was it because they were worse? Why would you, if they weren't really bad sinners, then why would you let that happen? And of course, Jesus ducks the question, but I don't think on purpose. I mean, I think on purpose he dodges it. He does everything on purpose, I think. And I don't presume to know that for sure, but I think so. But he moves beyond the question. And he gives them other examples. And he mentions the tower in Siloam that fell and, and poses the question back to him, were they worse sinners because of this terrible tragedy that happened? And then he tells the, tells the parable of the fig tree and the, and the landowner and the gardener. And this fig tree, presumably this gardener, has been standing between the landowner and an axe for multiple years now as the fig tree hasn't produced much fruit or any fruit. And the gardener stands there and pleads and says, let me just put some manure around it. Let me just put some manure around it and we'll see what happens. It was in this, this image, this parable, that it reminded me, and maybe uh, you've heard me talk about my granddaddy uh, a fair amount, uh, somebody who's near and dear to my heart. And I guess we're going on about a year and a half without his wisdom right in front of us. And it just reminded me of a, of a time, a really powerful time in my life where we were in his garden. So he had a half-acre garden, and most of it he tilled by hand. That was just, he, he just felt like machines would do more harm than good. That was just him. And we'd get out there and we'd work in the garden with him, sometimes by choice and sometimes not. Just depending on how well we behaved and what mom and dad thought we should do. Um, but nonetheless, we were always with our granddaddy, my brother and I. And one day, it was after 9-11, so we were towards the end of the growing season, and, and this is when my, my granddaddy's surveying the plants and, and really wants to, 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 to start picking. But I remember we were just kind of tilling the soil and pulling the weeds and adding some fertilizer, and I remember asking my granddaddy while we were in the garden, because I was angry. I think many people were angry after 9-11, this, this big, terrible event in the life of our of our country amongst other events, but the one that just stuck with me. And I said to my grandfather, I said, why do you, why should I worship God? Why do you worship a God who let that happen? Right, we've all been there. That great question. And I remember my grandfather 
looked at me and said, and this was just, this was garden wisdom. Some people are just bad. And then he backpedaled and he said, some people make bad decisions. But I believe in a God who loves us all. And he said, Justin, I don't have an answer to your big question, but I think, and this is what he told me as he was sitting there pulling weeds around his tomato plants. He said, I think God wants us to focus on what we can do. Just like in this garden, we can pull these weeds. We can help these plants grow. We can help these plants have a chance. And I said, I think that God doesn't necessarily dismiss the big question, but wants us not to get so lost in the why do these things happen and focus more on what we can do. Focus on more what we can control. There was some powerful wisdom in that. Granddaddy, as granddaddy would say, if you told him that he had wisdom, he'd say a blind hog gets an acorn every now and then. <laughs> and if that blind hog got an acorn a lot. Um, but there was some truth to that because I think that's exactly what Jesus is inviting his audience to consider and us to consider today. It's not focusing so much on what we really can't ascertain or even even if God endowed us with the wisdom, I don't know if we would still get it, right? I don't think we'd still get it, but I think Jesus is inviting them to imagine what they can do for the betterment of the kingdom. And if you take this parable of the fig tree, I think it's dangerous to think of the landowner as God and being God being some vengeful God who, who wants to destroy us if we don't produce and the gardener uh, being just Jesus who saves us from that wrath more or less than to think that God has some expectations for the creation. God has some expectations for us that we will produce fruit for the kingdom, that we will do things that better the kingdom, that we will practice the skill of forgiveness, that we will work towards reconciliation, that we will find courage to do the hard work that God invites us to do. But the gardener in the humility of manure comes around and nurtures us and Jesus comes around and nurtures us. In that same garden where I was with my granddaddy, I remember there used to be these, if you've ever planted, red-eyed peas. They're very delicious, but they're fickle. They are fickle plants. A fig tree's a fickle plant, too. And I remember we'd be out there in that summer South Georgia heat, which y'all get hot in Texas, but what you don't get is humidity. You don't need to go to a sauna uh, in South Georgia. You just go outside. We could make a business out of that. Just come over to my house and come to the sauna. And people are going to think they're going to walk into something. Really, they just get out of their car and they're there. Be powerful. And my brother and I used to complain because half a row of those, this half acre long row, would not have any peas on them. And we would just look at our grandfather and say, can we just let them go? Can we just let the weeds go, let them go? And he would always say, no, let's get in there. Let's pull some weeds, put some and he was big on compost. We'll put some compost around them, and they'll be fine. I wonder if that's not what God's doing with us. Sometimes I think God must stand and look at us and say, you're my beloved, but my, y'all are fickle. My, y'all are tough. It's just so simple, but you don't see it. But let me just get some manure and let me pull some weeds let me give you a chance to bear some fruit. That seems to be what God invites us into. The other way, though, I think we, we have to read this parable too, which gives us a little bit more responsibility. 
that the fig tree is the fruits that God, how we bear the fruits that God's given us, the gifts. Whatever those talents are and how we use them for the kingdom is represented on the fig tree. And we become the gardeners. We become the ones who take care of that. How much intentionality and, as I said at the beginning of Lent, focus do we put on how we use our gifts to share the good news of God, to share the good news of love, to share the good news of grace and forgiveness? Because there is a radical image of grace in this parable of God being right there with us. That, yes, there's expectation But yes, there's manure. And in that humility, we find radical grace to be what we need to be. So if we we can imagine that, then when we look out on the world, it doesn't necessarily become, why do these things happen? It becomes, how can I stand up as a Christian who loves God, who knows that God loves me, and stand in the face and speak out against hatred and bigotry? How can I work for systems that in, where people are oppressed and impoverished, where a, literally a pile of trash can fall in their house and kill 17 people? What can I do? What's my responsibility to that? And we start to imagine the things we can do here in Temple, Texas, that affect these kind of changes in God's kingdom. Because what we do when we do that is we're sharing the good news. We're coming together with our gifts, our spiritual gifts, our literal gifts, talents, time, treasure to move the mission of God, to to come alongside God in God's garden and pull the weed and put some compost. We sow seeds of love. We sow seeds of justice where there's injustice. We come along the side of the oppressed and we pick them up and we say, you are we. This is the hard work of the gospel, and it requires us to have a great deal of focus on a God who loves us, on a God who cares for us, on a God who stands before us and says, you are my beloved, and I love you, and I expect you to bear fruit, but I am sending my son to show you how this might work, to help you do that. Lent is a great season for us to reflect on this, to, to reignite our focus, to look at our own lives and the ways that we can find God anew, the ways that we can bear fruit, the ways that we can put relationship and reality in front of perception and falsehood, a way that we can look out on the world here in Temple and, and abroad and say, yes, I can make a difference in my own small way and not wonder and get lost in the big But look in the detail and take one step, one motion, one act to put a little compost, pull a little weed, and let something continue to spring up for the betterment of God's kingdom. So I wonder and I invite us to consider the ways that we can do that together, the ways that we can look at our ministries as a whole, the ways that we can come together and live out into the world the ways that we can do this work, this very hard work, but yet very grace-filled. I imagine and invite us to consider all the things that we can do to take a step back from our lives and look and reassess and focus. Focus on God 
And just maybe, just maybe, we might just see one plant spring up where we didn't think there was any life. Just maybe. Amen.